The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to part two of our interview with Luann from Ruru Baked. If you tuned in last time, you heard all about her founding story, how she got into the business, what it looked like. She hinted at the fact that she was a solo entrepreneur. And obviously, that comes with some advantages and some disadvantages. And so we go deep in that in this episode. We ask her every question about how she thought about her business as a solo entrepreneur and how that's shifting now that she's built out a team. So for anyone that's kind of in that phase right now or is planning to start as a solo entrepreneur and then eventually expand out, this one's for you. And I think it was really insightful too to hear about how she knew when she needed to start a team and then the implications of that, the implications of hiring, even from a revenue perspective and that sort of thing. I really appreciate how transparent she was with that. Me too. So I think we should just get into it. Let's do it. All right, so it is time for our brand of the week that we're loving. This one won't be a surprise because we did have one of the founders on the podcast. It is Three Ships. So they are an uncomplicated skincare backed by natural ingredients and real science. If you're a skincare junkie or you've got someone on your holiday wish list that's a skincare junkie, they have an All Is Calm holiday kit that they just came out with. So it has some of their best-selling products. It has a free hand-poured candle. It's 25% off as it would be purchasing all these pieces separately, and you can use our code they get at 20 for 20% off. Okay, moving in to our next topic with you. So we wanted to talk about being a solo entrepreneur. Obviously, you built this by yourself. We heard in the last episode how you did that. Off the top of your head, what are some of your tips for people who are starting a solo venture? My tips for starting a solo venture learn as much as you can like be a sponge ask lots of questions I think for me I was at a big advantage because I've had so many jobs (laughs) so also don't be afraid to like have a million jobs and learn a bunch of things. Like I worked in an accounting firm for a long time. I worked as a villa specialist. So I learned a lot about customer service. I obviously worked in the food industry. I assist for my friend who's a blogger and they taught me a lot about photography. My husband taught me a lot about photography. So I think the main thing is just learn as much as you can. Like I have a diploma in baking and pastry arts, but I have like a degree in Google University. Just Google everything. You can learn so much. Podcasts are a huge resource now as well. Like you guys have this podcast, you share a lot of knowledge. There's so many places to get information from. And for me, I think the reason I was able to wear so many hats is because I taught myself so many things. What do you think is the most important thing or a couple of the most important things to learn early? Time management. (laughs) That is a highly underrated answer. I really do believe. Okay, so I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here and I have more questions for you on that. 
I've been learning a lot about different types of entrepreneurship, like less conventional kind of methods. And something I'm learning is that there's an organizational structure that exists regardless of headcount at your company. And that sounds really woo-woo and kind of theoretical. But what that means is if you're a solo entrepreneur, it doesn't actually change the amount of things that need to get done. It just changes who's doing them, right? Mm -hmm. So you still need to do customer service. You still need to do social media. You still need to do product development. You still need to do accounting. Just because you're a solo entrepreneur doesn't mean that your scope is limited. It just means that you're stretched so thin. And so I'm curious for you, when you're talking about time management and you're doing all the roles as a single person, how did you actually tactically make sure that every box got checked? It's an ongoing journey. When you're doing it all by yourself, for me, I wrote a job task list every single day. And I was also using programs that we used at our agency for a full team, but just for one person. So things like Asana, like managing my tasks and priorities and then categorizing them into different categories so that I knew sort of what needed to get done and in what order. A job task list was something that I learned in pastry school. So every day we were assigned certain projects or certain things to do. And it came in very handy when I was in baking competitions because you only have a certain amount of time to do things. And so literally by the minute, 8 a.m., prep baking sheets, 8.05, make base, 8.25, do this. And so every day I would have these very granular job task lists. So if I have it in a list and I can cross it off, then I'm going to want to get it done. But I think It's easy to be like, okay, I have to do this, this, and this today, and I have eight hours. But being actually aware of how long those things are going to take you is so And all the subtasks within them. Exactly. It's not just like making the base. It's like, okay, I also have to weigh out the ingredients and I have to do this. Actually cooking the base at the time maybe would take me like 30 minutes, but the weighing everything out and the straining it and waiting for it to cool is another 30 minutes. So it really takes me an hour. So becoming very aware of how long things take you is super important. I would time myself on things. And then you can actually make a proper job task list and Mm -hmm. or like a production schedule or whatever so that you know, okay, this is realistically what I can complete in this day. And I don't have any buffer time or maybe I do have buffer time. And so just knowing that is really important so that you can actually do all the things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. And then also prioritizing. Do I want to be doing my bookkeeping every day? Probably not. That's really boring stuff. Although I do love math, but it's like, okay, so maybe Mondays are my bookkeeping day and I have three hours to do that. So yeah, I think becoming very aware of priorities, how long things are going to take you and then scheduling them out and having like a little bit of a routine is always good. You're prepared and then you know what you're doing. This reduces anxiety by a lot. So Yeah. yeah. And I love the suggestion of figuring out how long things actually take you because I will make my to-do list for the day and it's so ambitious. And then I get like three or four of the things done. And then I'm hard on myself. I'm like, wow, why didn't I get all this done today? But I think if I actually got a sense of what goes into that, I I would be less hard on myself because I'd be like, oh no, it just, it takes longer. Be more realistic with yourself. So that's really good advice. Looking back, are you happy you did it solo? Would you have liked to have a co-founder What do you think looking back? I am happy I did it solo. The agency I ran with my best friend. We're still best friends. We worked great together, but I hate being told what to do. And so for me personally, like on all aspects, like I hate it when customers tell me what to do. I hate it when friends give me suggestions. I'm a Sagittarius. I don't know if you guys believe in astrology, but I'm I'm very, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As a Sag, I'm very like, if you tell me to do something, 
I'm going to want to do it less. Like, even if it was my idea, if I was like, oh yeah, I think I want to, you know, make muffins. And someone's like, you know what you should do? You should make muffins. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a, it's a flaw of mine, but I, I think for myself, I like being able to just make decisions and not having to run it by anybody else. It's like, nope, mm-hmm. I made that decision. We're going to do this thing. If it fails, it's on me and that's fine. I'm not like looking to anybody else for permission. That's mm-hmm. a big part of it. And I also feel like there's, I'm trying to find the right way to say this, but there's like a mental comfort knowing that if you decide not to do something, no one else is hurt by that, right? Or no yeah. one else is affected at all. Maybe that's a better way to there's put no, it. There's like, no rejection on anybody else's Right. Side. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. So talk to me about the emotional aspect of having the agency as a co-founder and then having Ruru Baked as a solo entrepreneur. How is your mental state and emotional state as you built both of those businesses? Yeah, so Ruru Baked was always just fun <laughs> because like I said, I could do whatever I wanted. If I wanted to do merch, I could do merch. I pick the colors. I don't have to run that by anybody else. Whereas in the agency, not only am I working with the founder, but I also have to work with clients. So there's so many controlling hands in it. And I'm sure you've both probably both worked with clients before. It's really difficult sometimes to, to get the visions on the same page and to get them to trust you. And so while I was doing the agency, Ruru Baked was always just this like fun outlet that I got to do on my own. And it, it's ice cream. So it just like made people happy. Yeah. Whereas with agency work, it's like everyone has a say and it just was a, a very different, more stressful situation. So it's it's more fun for sure. Even now as it's like a full-on business with a team and you know, a lot more customers in a shop and a thousand times more responsibility. It's still just, we're making ice cream and it's fun and we get to be creative and yeah, it's a lot less stressful. When did you decide that being a solo entrepreneur had run its course and it was time for a team? And how did you decide which first hires to make? Yeah. So it's funny because I still struggle with this a lot. There comes a point when you're a solo entrepreneur and you realize like, I cannot do this on my own anymore. I I always joked about, I was going to make this post before I had a team because I think people thought it was a bigger company than it was. The way people would DM us was like, oh, kind of like, can I speak to your manager in some points? But then some people knew it was just me. I take all photographs for the most part. We have a designer that helps us, Adam the Illustrator, but a lot of the stuff that's daily, I design that on my own. So it's like, I'm the graphic designer. I'm the social media manager. I'm the, the, the chef. I go and run all the errands. I get ingredients, the accounting. I built the website on my own. Not our new one, but our old one. And at some point I was just like, I'm tired. <laughs> like, Even with the whole time management thing, I was only taking Mondays off, but Mondays off meant my admin day. So Mm -hmm. still working, just working at home, not in the kitchen. And I was getting really tired and my husband was coming to help me out a couple days a week, but I was like, I can't continue to do this because I'll burn out and like burnout is not a good thing. It's easy to say, don't overwork yourself, but as a solo entrepreneur, you're going to overwork yourself. And it was a really labor intensive job. So I was like, okay. So thankfully (laughs) from the agency, even though we let everybody go, it's funny, we had four employees there. So Anna, Rochelle, Mark, and Adam. Adam is Adam the illustrator. So he still does our design work. Mark moved to Mexico. And then Rochelle and Anna work with me now. So Anna used to be our 
video editor. She taught herself how to use Premiere Pro and like edit videos. She's like a self-taught wizard. So I was like, want to come make ice cream? I'm like, I know you can learn it. You can learn anything. Hell yeah. Like I'll come make ice cream. She came, she started in the kitchen with me. It was just us two. So that was the first person that I knew I, I needed to hire was someone to help me out in the kitchen and help with the production load making the ice cream itself. But like I said, it was a little bit difficult because have you ever read the book Company of One? No, no. Me neither, but it looks really good. (laughs) 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 But it's basically about growth and how people think you have to scale at this like exponential rate and you don't like you just you don't always have to do that. So very transparent when it was just me and we were doing the four drops a month. I was bringing in gross around $16,000, which is a lot for one person. So my net was, I would say, $10,000 a month. Love that. I was like, I could continue doing this and I can make $10,000 a month, which is six figures a year. But if I go on holiday, no revenue. I get sick, no revenue, right? Like everything's on me. And then I'm also having to do everything by myself forever. Like maybe I'll hire an accountant, but for the most part, it'll still be just me, which means no breaks. And as a business now, like with the team, our expenses went from $6,000 a month to $30,000 a month because of payroll. I pay for all the full-time employees to have health benefits, linen services, hydro. There's Mm -hmm. just so many more expenses now that we have a shop. So we're revenueing more than that net, but the expenses are way more. And obviously I quote unquote, make less money now because it's all Mm -hmm. going into the business. And so sometimes I'm like, should I have just kept it as a one person show and like revenued a bit more, but still it would all be in the business. But yeah, it's just like, sometimes you have to weigh out what's going to be better. And I think in the end for my mental health, long-term and longevity of the business, it made more sense to build it and scale it and have a team. Also just like, I think if I kept it as one person, the customers would just get sick of my shit and be like, you're not making enough. Like you need to make enough. (laughs) That's why I always say we were like forced to scale because every day I would get a message that's like, I couldn't get any ice cream. I've been trying for weeks. You need to make more. And I'm like, I'm one person. (laughs) I'm still getting six hours of sleep a night. Like I can't do more than I'm doing now. Yeah. I love that you're um, being honest about that though, because I do think it comes down to what are you looking for out of this business? Is it truly a passion project where you're good to do this solo forever? If so, that's your lane. Stay mm-hmm. in it. That's where you're happy. You don't need to grow if that's not where you're at. But mm-hmm. for you, there was just so much potential. And I also love your point about thinking about your lifestyle, right? What's mm-hmm. realistic to uphold versus what's just working yourself to the bone? And mm-hmm. I'm glad that you decided to expand. I'm sure there's a lot of people in Toronto that finally <laughs> get to try your ice cream thanks to that expansion. So all in all, a great decision. Yeah, it was a good decision. I do not regret it at all. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And Amazing. you know, when we walk into the shop, my husband and I was like, Hey, look, we have an ice cream shop. How crazy. Yeah, I know. Like a pinch me moment. Especially considering literally 18 months ago, you were just like making it out of your kitchen. Yeah. Delivering it. Like how crazy that this happened in a pretty short span of time. Very commendable. Honestly, Luann dropped a lot of really interesting thought starters. Is that the right way to say that? Where like things that you just kind of take for granted as you listen to a lot of founder stories, she actually explained like how she thought about making these decisions. I thought that was really cool. 
The number one thing is going back to your why, right? Why did you set out to do this business? What are you looking for out of this company? And actually, it's something really interesting. Friends of ours have founded a software company, and they had different ambitions. One person wanted to scale really quickly and exit, and another person wanted to be a 100-year company. That is something you really want to put thought into early on because it's going to dictate how you grow your business and when you make those investments. And so one thing I thought was really special about what Luann said was that she knew she wanted to be able to take vacations. She knew that she wanted to have a little bit of stability without her having to have every unit of input equal one unit of output. That's a really Mm -hmm. hard way to grow a business. But then that doesn't mean that, you know, the people who are just doing this as a hobby and they want to keep it small, they want to be involved in every little nook and cranny of the business, that method is for you. And so I think the Mm -hmm. reminder here is just to go back to your why, figure out what it is that's important to you and, you know, stay true to yourself. Totally. And I think she does a really good job of sharing what the implications are of those decisions. Like, yeah, okay, she might have been able to take home more money when she was doing it herself. But like you said, her mental health would have struggled. She wouldn't have been able to take time off. And so it is like, there's no right way to do entrepreneurship. There are no No. rules, which is why we Hmm. love entrepreneurship. You can do whatever you want. So it's really just getting getting clear on what is going to work for you and doing that and not really paying attention to what other people are doing because it doesn't matter. So true. So Yeah, we love it. In our final episode with Luann that'll be coming out in a few days, we talked about her drop model. As you heard in the first episode, she was selling out of products in like two minutes, which is crazy. And they pivoted from that as they've scaled. And so we talked through her advice if you want to run a drop model, the importance of your marketing in that and how you can brand yourself to build hype. And yeah, just lots of good takeaways for the drop model for the food and bev industry. (laughs) So stay tuned for that in a couple days. And until then, have a lovely few days. Follow us on Instagram if you haven't yet. We're at they.get.it. We share lots more content over there and we'll see you soon. See you soon.